0: Welcome to Hollywood 2.0, this is Pierre Katz, one of the hosts of the show. Today we'll be talking about how online content is evolving. It's starting to become a lot more like what you expect from, you know, something you see on television. That's because advertising dollars are migrating online. And eventually, you'll start seeing top writers, producers, directors, actors following that money. You know, so that's happening. And it's going to happen more in the future. And eventually... What you see online and what you see on TV has become indistinguishable. So terms like web series will be irrelevant when the internet consistently distributes shows that rival classic TV shows. Our guest is Paul Katonis. He has years of experience in this space. He's from OpenSlate, a new tool to optimize video advertising online. And he's a chairman of the International Academy of Web Television.
1: Sure. OpenSlate is a uh, measurement tool which helps advertisers define quality in native digital video. So native digital video is con- video content that never existed on TV, that first um, airs on the web and is on YouTube and helps an advertiser understand that there's quality to be had there from an advertising perspective. Right now... They're all very comfortable buying on Hulu, but not necessarily on some of the top YouTubers that they've never heard of. And so Open Slate kind of helps them understand that there's a lot of value there.
0: And what are their usual reservations?
1: It's the old, I've never heard of that, is it any good? So they've heard of Community, they've heard of CSI, they've heard of all these shows on TV because of the mass marketing budgets, but they've never heard of uh, Freddie Wong, for example, or Phil DeFranco, and people who are you know, really great uh, creators of their own type of content. And um, this is meant to be a tool that analytically says, like a credit score does for an individual person's line of credit for a bank to then determine how much to lend them. This gives the marketer a number to go off of to say, oh, wow, they're really good. Look, they're at the top of their scale.
0: Is it important for the content producers to know how OpenSlate works?
1: Yeah, definitely. Because it it really is a combination of not only just scale, which is, all right, how many views, how many viewers and subscribers do you have, but it's really the quality of the relationship with your audience. Unlike TV... It's not just about reach. It is about the relationship that you have with your audience. So, how many comments are you getting? How many fans do you have, subscribers do you have, thumbs up? Um, how many times do people playlist you, share you? And all of that is taken relative to everybody else. So, it's the number of comments per video view um, over a certain time period rated against everybody else. So, you really got to understand that it's more about. Uh, You know, having being successful online is more than just making great content and putting it up there.
0: So you're tracking engagement, too. So it's not just, wow, he has a lot of views. You're going, how strong a community does this producer have?
1: Yeah, we're looking at three things. When we're looking at engagement, we're looking at consistency, and we're looking at influence. So, consistency is looking at how regularly you put out content and how your audience then shows up for that content. So, if you put out a video every Monday at 3 o'clock, a new episode, and you always get 250,000 views, a million views, 50,000 views, whatever the number might be, you're a real consistent producer. What's the difference between you and a major studio at that point? You're committed to the platform, you're regularly putting out content, and your audience knows they need to show up for it so that's a very important thing and then how influential is that content if you then post it on Facebook what happens do a lot of people like it do they comment do they then share it themselves so it's really more than just about can you get an audience it's like well what then happens to that audience
0: so you're competing for ad dollars against television
1: yeah, I think all of web video is is in that I don't want to say battle, but is in that um, competition for the dollars that are presently locked up in TV, and TV buyers are very comfortable buying on TV, and so with um, all the data that they are having it's been a little bit complicated and it's been a little bit difficult to buy web tv it doesn't feel like buying tv it's felt like buying display advertising it's been very roi centric very click-through rates very analytical whereas buying on a tv show is not really like that how many people does it reach how many households does it reach great it's really big that hits my numbers i want to buy it so anything that helps um web TV feel like being bought by TV will mean the dollars then come over then any gravy we can add on top of that at that point when people understand that a huge differentiation is the relationship with the audience well then then they're sold for life, then it's great
0: I see what you're saying, so in a sense you're trying to bring the TV model of how they buy ads to the web
1: I think that's happening overall in the industry so you saw it with YouTube's major investment in original content announced last October you saw it with the IWTV awards at CES the awarding with the the only web awarding web TV content as if it's like big big shows and then you got it with the new fronts when all the advertisers were looking at the digital upfronts and starting to look at web video as TV content and going, well, great, it looks just as good as a TV show. I'm gonna buy ads against it, I love it.
0: So, you're moving away from the click-through rates. Uh,
1: Yeah, we're we're moving away from that click-through rate being associated with the web TV content. Um, that's the, when we go with the click-through rate type of analysis, we then get the digital display dollars. We get dollars that the advertisers are going to spend on banner ads. We don't want those dollars. Those dollars are small. Those dollars are a pain in the ass. Um, They're not the dollars we really want to unlock. We want to unlock the hundreds of millions of dollars for every brand that are sitting in TV advertising. And we know that up to a certain point of frequency on TV, you definitely do gain in reach and the power of your messaging and your ability to influence your audience. But a lot of those dollars, after a certain point, 40% of your dollars are then just wasted. Those are dollars that are now moving over to web TV content where they're finding not the same audiences, but they're finding better quality audiences and building a better relationship with their audiences and not focus on click-throughs. They're looking at brand sentiment. They're looking at intent to purchase things that traditionally has been in the realm of TV.
0: Would you consider OpenSlate a
1: disruptive company? I would consider it a company that is, I don't want to say disrupt. I think it's more going to be, the, it's the missing piece. It's the missing piece for bringing the dollars over. It's that missing piece of understanding that the market has needed to be able to say, I got it, I can spend money here, and this is why. That makes
0: sense. Uh, Now moving here to more of a hypothetical question. You have a million dollars to invest in entertainment. You have a choice whether or not it's a um, independent film or a video channel. Can you compare and contrast the opportunity?
1: Yeah, I would definitely go with the video channel. Um, Obviously, to me, there's – and I've come from the independent film world. In in my background, I was executive director of a nonprofit called Film Video Arts for a few years. And, um, you know, I look at it now and say the opportunity is in that video channel. They have a base of subscribers that they're building. They have an audience that's dedicated and showing up on a regular basis. So you get not only reach, but you also get frequency there. And they're each video channel is establishing its brand and its way of communicating with the audience and their relationship with the audience that if a advertiser is willing to um, accept this, in other words, recognize that they've got this relationship with the audience, they can take amazing advantage of it and play within the world of that video channel to help get their message through in a really, um, not only unique way, but in an authentic type of way.
0: Yeah, and when you look at a film, it's, it seems like your goal, you, you, make, you produce a film, at least on an independent level, is taking it to the film festival and then selling it to a buyer. So it's almost like you build a product, you sell it, you're done. With the channel, it seems like more of like a startup. Like you have to iterate and you constantly adapt. Because once the film is finished and you sold to the distributor and if it's successful, you move on to the next film. Here it seems like it's maintaining the startup that you're building over time.
1: Yeah, and you're and you keep having those touch points with your audience. And as your audience grows, you have more and more influence as it moves forward. So... You have more opportunities. I, I like independent film, obviously as part of an advertiser strategy at some point, but it feels like it comes way after you do um, your TV strategy and your web TV strategy, um, because there's so much more richness to that experience.
0: It seems like there's an advantage to creating a YouTube channel to build out a fan base before launching your future film.
1: No, no matter what you're doing, building a community first is one of the most important things. It gives you credibility, it gives you the, the ability to talk about a certain subject. If you have a relationship with that audience, if you come out of nowhere and you just start talking about a topic, okay, you could do it, it's done all the time, you know you're gonna to need to spend a lot of time building your case, um, proving yourself, uh, you know, proving everyone that you have the right to talk about a certain topic. But if you're engaged within the community first, all that's, that makes it all the much easier.
0: Well you, well, you see with uh, horror films that, like, if people make horror films of, like, new talent and new directors, that there's a tight community, so it's easier sometimes on the independent film side to launch a horror film because there's that, that base. But it seems like if you want to do the various other genres, that you almost have to start early with the community building. And that's why I see the strength in these YouTube channels as maybe as an incubator for long-form content, but initially building out that, like, you know, engaged uh, viewers that want what you're bringing. And then you you could almost just focus on each theater or each market because you know who's going to be watching it.
1: Yeah, and you bring up a great point, which is when you're developing your content, you know, the philosophy has been initially being very platform agnostic. In other words, you come up with your, your content idea and you see, okay, it's the episode's going to be this long, and this is the story arc, and then you make it, and then you say, okay, here it is on the web, and here it is a, as a podcast, and here it is as a potential TV show, or I want to take it to VOD, or maybe you start as a TV show, and then you take those episodes and you throw them online, and that's this philosophy of being platform agnostic, right? You don't care what the platform is. You just get your content out. The conversation is switching to becoming much more platform committed, so you say, okay, who is the audience on a mobile device? Who is the audience on the web? Who is the audience in a connected TV, in a connected TV living room, and then crafting your content, developing your content and producing it based for based on each platform, which is a much smarter way about going and doing it. It's a more involved and more costly way, but it you know, it maximizes the benefits of each platform.
0: Well yeah, that's one of the challenges of some transmedia content. Because there are a lot of transmitted content as migrating an audience from one platform to the next. But sometimes maybe the goal isn't moving them around, is just reaching them each in their own unique way.
1: Yeah, and, and taking into that into account in the format of the content that you then produce.
0: Now, as you uh, work on the side of selling these ads and bringing brands uh, on board, do you see the web series content growing in length because there's potentially more ad support and an internet enabled televisions
1: absolutely i think that's been the case since two mogul two three years ago basically said uh you know there's a certain threshold where it's uncomfortable to make a video a certain length. It was around six minutes, seven minutes, seven to eight minutes. It was very, it's an uncomfortable length where as you progress to that number, the percentage of your audience completing the video dropped. But then miraculously, around 10 minutes, that number started going back up again. And then it got to just about the length of a 22-minute, TV show, you know, of a half hour show, it got to that length and then it dropped again. And so, you know, you got to think of how the audience consumes content and what kind of content it is and to put it in comfortable terms for them you know we're used to watching and the content being broken up because of commercial breaks so if you're going to make something think about that i mean that's you know what people are used to doing so right now having content that feels comfortable that's the right length that fits the content whether you people always ask me all the time should i make a two minute episode or three minute episode i'm like make the best episode you can the tightest the best The the, uh, most well-edited episode, if that's two and a half minutes or four and a half minutes, if it rocks and it's tight, it's going to work regardless of the length of time.
0: It seems like the entertainment industry is becoming a lot more of an entrepreneurial business because anybody, anywhere, could create a show online and launch it. If it's a huge success, they deal directly with their fans versus back in the day where producers would have to... Do have all sorts of intermediaries and distributors to get their content out there.
1: Yeah, to some extent, the business models are really shaping up. What is happening is the industry is becoming incredibly fragmented because there's no standard business model. You can go about it so many different ways, and you have so many different options for what to do with your content, how to distribute it, and then monetize that content, that we're starting to see business models form, but unlike TV, they're not all the same they're not the same generic business model that everyone can copy everyone is approaching it differently all the major publishers studios networks independents each have a different story to tell and each have different opportunities that they've taken advantage of so in essence what's happened is yes there's more opportunity for independence to come into the game but at the same time it's become a lot more challenging because it's more than just about developing, producing great content. It's really getting into and understanding your distribution, your monetization options, and therefore creating a unique business model that best suits your strengths and your content.
0: With the landscape of internet content constantly evolving, you can't just read a book. You have to get into the game, start producing and adapting. And a thought leader of today will become obsolete tomorrow with this rapid change.
1: Hell yeah, and I, 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 feel it with myself. That if I don't stay current and stay constantly involved in the space, something comes up that I'm like, wow, I didn't hear about that. And still to this day, things come up. You know what uh, Beck just announced? Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, absolutely blew me away, in which he said his new album is going to be the um, sheet music, and that's it. Just the sheet music. He's putting out a book of sheet music and the inspiration that goes along with it. And it just, it it took me a little while to really understand the full power of what he's doing because he's encouraging people to go out and record his music. That you've never heard. So everyone's recording is a, its own interpretation. It's not a cover. It's the song itself because the song doesn't exist. Now, he owns the publishing rights. So if you go and put out that song, and it becomes popular and it's on iTunes. He's making money from it. If you go and make a, a video that goes along with a recording that you made, he owns the publishing. He makes money on the YouTube video. So it's, a, it's like every time, every week, there's something that somebody's doing that's taking advantage of this wonderful ecosystem that's been built out that, you know, is, is fresh and new all the time. And it's, it's really great because those opportunities exist.
0: His Sheet Music is a platform that they can put their content out and get notoriety and press and all that. And through that, they almost pay a little toll based on utilizing it.
1: Basically, Yeah. And he doesn't have to go record an album or, I mean, not that he doesn't want to, but it's, it's just a unique approach. And, and so that's what's out there in the marketplace right now. For any content creator, there's so many ways of going about distributing, monetizing, building an audience, so many different destinations you can achieve. It all depends on what you really want to get out of it. You have to skate to
0: you know, where the puck is going versus where it's at. Where do you think this puck is going when it comes to the
1: business side of it? Um, I think you're breaking into a couple of different directions or camps. One is the audience one. Whoever controls the audience controls the power, and you're seeing that in the acquisitions that are happening in the marketplace. Uh, Discovery purchasing Revision Three, you know, as as a lead example, um, because as the cable companies. Um, start to unbundle their services, you're going to see those business models collapsing from their normal operating operating modes of business. So controlling audience is going to be incredibly important. You know, you can almost put a valuation on every subscriber that you have on your YouTube channel. The more subscribers you have, the more value you bring to whoever wants that audience, and, and and it's tangible. You know, you can have 10 episodes of something and you can guesstimate what the value is, but if you have 100,000 subscribers, I could probably put a value on that channel and be willing to acquire it based on those number of subscribers. So that's one of the most important things. The second thing really is going to just continue to be great content, and that's not going to change. So the people who can reliably create content that really takes advantage of whatever platform Platform it's currently on um, will be the the people who continue to succeed.
0: Last question: Do you think a web series is an alternative to a TV pilot?
1: No, I definitely don't. I, at, there was a time when people thought, oh, the web series is the minor leagues for TV, being the major leagues. Well, you know, the size of the deals we're starting to see for web TV content and to develop it and produce it, the scale of the audiences, the the opportunity that there actually is a web tv business model that you can make a business off of leads me to believe that's no longer the case they're now both majors they're just majors in a different way there's a different relationship between them um there's different opportunities between them and yet they're both unique and stand on their own you can write a great script and pitch it and get a t pilot and make it and then go to series um Or you can do a web series that then goes to TV. Or you can just do a web series that stands alone and you can make a living off that. So each one is now becoming its own entity. Like I said, for a while they thought one was going to connect to the other. But I think now they're both, you know, might go either way. TV show might go to a web series. You never know.
0: Well, thanks for being on Hollywood 2.0.
1: Great. Thank you so much, Peter. And, um, you know, I just want to remind everybody that we do have the IWTV Awards in January, January 8th in CES. And uh, make sure to check it out at IAWTVAwards.org.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Hollywood 2.0. You can email me questions, suggestions to Katzfilms at gmail.com. It's KTZ. And you can check out my site at petercats.net.